Hi, I'm Antonio Centeno, and you're listening to the Personal Image System Podcast. Welcome to the Personal Image System Podcast. I'm Antonio Centeno, your host and the founder of Real Men Real Style. In this show, my goal is to help you learn to leverage the science of style to create your command presence. This is a personal image that sends the signal of competence and trust and will help increase your earning power and attraction levels. All show notes can be found at realmenrealstyle.com along with hundreds of videos, articles, and infographics. How to dress for an interview or how to dress for any type of meeting because an interview is a meeting. In this podcast, I'm going to get into five different types of meetings. And the way I broke these up is the message that you're trying to convey, the position of power that you are in or you're not in, and really the overall emotion that you're trying to bring and to send to others with the clothing that you're wearing. So this one, I actually, I think I've written about this before, and it was an article I'd written over at The Art of Manliness, but I wanted to redo this. I wanted to actually get into a little bit more detail. I think it's a very powerful um, write-up, and so many people are going to focus in on the interviews, and I think interviews are so key. But every single day, we're engaging with people. We are having meetings of some sort. I know it seems like I'm always going into, it seems like a negotiation. I'm going into a support meeting and I'm going to try to give specific examples. And I hope you do latch on to the emotional component. Now, if you want more, definitely go check out the show notes at realmenrealstyle.com forward slash episode 80. And why I love sending you over to my website is the free app. More episodes of this podcast the free course that you can take, my high-level coaching if you want to become a part of that, the thousands of free articles, hundreds of infographics, just so much great information at realmenrealstyle.com. If you haven't checked out my videos on YouTube, where are you at? Come on. We've got over almost a million and a half subscribers. So that's definitely pretty cool over there. This podcast allows me to go a little bit deeper into the content I talk about and to be able to perhaps in a sense... uh, expand on and give you a little bit more insight to the points I'm trying to make. And my videos, I got to go pretty quick. Here at the podcast, I can go a little bit slower. So meeting type number one, this is a selling meeting. This is when you are trying to sell something. And understand that even if you're not a salesman, you are trying to sell things. Because when you go into an interview, that is a sell. You're trying to sell yourself. Let's get, I mean, let's be straight up here. You're going out on a first date. Again, You are selling yourself. You are trying to express to this person that you are worth a second date, that you are worth possibly if this relationship's going deeper, spending time with and getting to know. If you're going to be pitching your business idea to an investor, if you're going to be going in for a loan, for your startup, for your nonprofit, yes, you are selling something. You're selling your credibility that you can be trusted to get them their money back with interest. So the goal of a selling meeting is to persuade. You want to get across the feelings of credibility, of charisma, of competence, of that you are who you say you are. One of the worst things you can do is you can betray 
people's expectations of of just what they expect that person who's running that nonprofit asking for a loan of $100,000. If you don't look like the professional because you're asking for that much money, you may find that that person, yeah, you you about you're on the border. You're about qualify, but they're going to decide against this. There was just something off about you, something that's not right. Versus if there was like this person, I mean, they're on the border, but I just have a good feeling about them. And I'm going to go ahead and approve that loan. So how to dress in a manner that you're going to persuade, that you're going to come across as more credible, that you are going to come across as more competent. So the first thing is you want to dress as sharp as the situation allows. So let's get back to the interview. You don't want to overdress for an interview. And you definitely don't want to underdress. But how should you dress? Well, it depends on what the company policy is. And every single company has a dress code. It may not be a written dress code, but there is an understood way of dressing and presenting yourself. A lot of people, okay, let's check out Google. Let's go look at Facebook, Silicon Valley. There's no dress code at these places. Well, technically there is because you don't see people showing up naked. What you see is their idea of what you know, a young professional who's up and coming should look like. They're going to actually probably be very stylish. They're going to understand the latest fashion trends. Relatively speaking, we're going to see a lot of younger creatives working there who want to show off their creativity through the way that they dress and they present themselves. You're probably not going to see, except in sales or except maybe at the upper echelons, you're not going to see a lot of suits, probably no suits. You maybe see, instead of what we'll see, maybe are some sports jackets occasionally. Um, And those guys wearing them oftentimes maybe a bit older, probably less younger people wearing that. So you want to look at, okay, are you coming in and applying to be an engineer? Are you coming in and applying to work in sales? Are you going to be working in a call center? With any of these companies, understand that what they're looking for is that someone that's going to fit into their mold. Somebody that's going to work well, they're going to be able to get a strong return on investment from, and that's what you want to be thinking. So to dress well for an interview, first call or find out what is the dress code. If they say no dress code, then you can follow up with, well, what do you see typically people wearing? Or is a suit, you could even ask, is a suit going to be too much? If you're meeting with somebody in person, if you're close to, you could ask, what do people wear in that department on a daily basis? If you're going to be, maybe you're going to be working for Zappos and you're going to be, or, you know, now owned by Amazon, but you're going to be in a call center in Las Vegas. Well, in that case, you know, you're probably not going to be expected to dress super creative or to dress in a full suit. Oftentimes, call center work, it's going to be something you're spending a lot of time talking on the, obviously a lot of time talking on the phone. You're going to, it's entry level work. Um, so it's something that, hey, you can still dress sharp. You can still dress nice. You could wear maybe a light light blue dress shirt, perhaps with a tie, with slacks that fit you very well, with a nice pair of dress shoes. That right there is not overdoing it. Now, you could dress it up a bit, throw on that sports jacket, maybe lose the tie and, you know, you could decide to go. A lot of people always ask me about the pocket square. I would say if you're going to wear a jacket, always wear a pocket square. But simply if you're on the border, you don't normally wear pocket squares, just go with a white handkerchief square fold and barely show it. If for some reason you feel out of place with it, just take it out, stick it in your back pocket. Don't even worry about it. But the point is you want to dress as sharp as the situation allows. 
What you don't want to have happen is to show up and to not be dressed in a manner. So if you're really unsure and you can't get anything from anybody, you're going in, I don't know, to apply and work at the CIA and you don't know, you know, they're just not revealing anything on how they dress. Well, in that case, bring clothing that in a sense is going to give you some options. So you could wear a suit with a tie and realize that that, hey, looks pretty good even without the tie. So you're standing around, you realize that everyone is dressed very casually. You are way overdressed. Well, you can slip that tie off. Maybe put it in your portfolio bag. All of a sudden, you've taken it down a notch. Um, You could go for, you know, slipping that jacket off, fold it nicely, put it into the bag that you brought, which is maybe just a one-day bag. It doesn't need to be a big one, but you've seen those. They've got wheels on them. You could leave it outside of the interview. Little things also matter. And this is where accessories are big. So, I'm a huge advocate of having a nice leather portfolio, or if you're, you know, you don't want leather, you can go with a fox leather portfolio or something that it just looks good. That's going to have basically copies of your resume is going to maybe have a zip drive or or something that's got electronic copies of your resume, uh, just in case, you know, they they do ask for that. Uh, You would have a very nice pen. I'm I'm a big fan of Montblanc. I had one that was just given to me as a gift, good friend of mine, and having a nice pen It's not, none of this stuff is going to get you the job, but what it could do is it could create a sense of relationship. Maybe the person interviewing you is a huge, you know, fan of high quality pens. You could wear a great looking watch. I'm not saying you need to wear a Rolex, but I am saying that you can get a watch, you know, actually the sponsor of this video, and I will recommend them because I think they have great watches or Vincero. You know, these watches are well under 200 bucks, but they look like they cost a lot more. They're really nice. And I think having a watch in general is great because if you're waiting there, it's a lot less obvious when you look at your watch versus when you look at your phone and you can keep track on things. If you know that this interview is going to go for a set 30 minutes, and that they ask for you to talk about yourself for two minutes, then we're going to spend six minutes or so minutes talking about this. You've already obviously got a professional interviewer who has a time frame, but this could very quickly let you be able to say, okay, I can look at my watch and I know where we're at in the interview. Because at the 15 to 20 minute mark, they need to be asking me or I need to be asking questions. So all these things matter. At the end of the day, you could wear a Star Wars t-shirt and a pair of shorts and sandals into an interview. If you're applying, I don't know, to be a lifeguard in Aruba and, you know, everyone in there is just wearing shorts and you know that the guy across from you actually is a huge Star Wars fan. You did a little bit of research. So as you can see, what you're going to wear to that interview depends on the situation. At the end of the day, you want that person to form a relationship with you for you to come off as competent, for you to come off as credible, and for you to be able to persuade them that what you're selling is right for them. The next type of meeting, let's get into buying meetings. So very similar to the selling meeting, but in the buying meeting, it's basically an examples of buying meetings is you're going in to buy a car. You're asking for, you know, or you're looking to buy an investment property. You are buying a new house. You're making a big purchase. And it is something that, hey, your goal is to get a great value. In a sense, this is a negotiation. You are going to be opening up your wallet and spending money, and you want to make sure that you're able to just make this happen. So there are different feelings that you want to convey, but I'm a big fan 
of conveying high power. Now, when you're in a position and you're actually buying, many times you as the buyer, you're actually in the position of power. There are circumstances where somebody is selling something and they're selling it at a point or at a cost that it's relatively, uh, you know, it's basically they've got maybe a limited supply. They have only so many of these items. So in that case, you know, they kind of flip the odds. But more often than not, what we see is that the person selling wants the person buying to actually complete the purchase. So, and we're, we're oftentimes dealing with money. We're dealing with scarce resources. We're dealing with a limited number of pie. So in this case, there's going to be a division. There could be a winner. There could be a loser here in the negotiation. And this is where high power, I highly recommend it. Because in a sense of high power, what we have, and there's a classic study where they they called it the suits versus the sweats. And they noticed that if one group of individuals is higher dressed by a whole social status than the person they're negotiating with, the higher status individuals, more often than not, walked away with a lot more. On average, 10% more. But that's only the average. There were some cases that people would walk away 30%, 25% more than if they had dressed down. What happens here is that people fall into classes. And we look at that person in the way they're dressed, the way society views someone of power, and we give in to them. So that's high power. Now, you could go for low power. And there are some people that what they want in negotiation is for the person on the other side to feel sorry for them. So if you're going, let's say, to buy a used car, I think there was a old show, the Bill, the Bill Cosby show, which actually I don't know if I should mention because he's gotten in a lot of trouble since then. But I still remember that episode in which the actor went in there dressing like a homeless person. And he basically wanted to hide the fact that he was a doctor. Because if the seller knew that, then he would actually negotiate and push for a higher price. So the guy kept going back and forth. And I've seen this where, you know, people will, you know, try to, in a sense, appear at at a low power. The problem with this is that you're playing on the other person's feelings. And this can work, especially for someone in sales or someone that doesn't sell very often, that in a sense... They, they connect and they feel for you. I've seen this actually, and I've heard of this working in houses where you've got basically a young family. They're, they really want to get this house and the person selling, you know, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm going to come down because I really like them. I like their story and they're going to take good care of my house. And that takes me to the next one, which I think actually is pretty powerful, is solidarity. And this is where you actually form a connection with the person, whether it be, hey, you're both fans of the Milwaukee Brewers, which if you're a Milwaukee Brewer fan, you pretty much are from Wisconsin. There's just no, no one outside of Wisconsin really cares about the Brewers, it seems, except for people that are former Wisconsinites. And, you know, I've got a friend, he's in Colorado. He's a huge Milwaukee Brewer fan. And you always know the guy's from Wisconsin because, gosh, who else is going to be rooting for him? Uh, But the point is, is that If you see another Brewer fan and you're in California, you're like Wisconsinite and you immediately have a connection. That's why when we travel and we meet someone from our country, we meet someone from our area that we like, hey, you know, I don't know you from Adam. And normally back in our home state, I wouldn't have hung out with you. But, you know, and you're not saying this, but 
we find, if you think about it, here's someone that you don't have much in common with except from where you're from, and you're spending, you know, the next two weeks traveling Europe with them. We do this because of solidarity, because we feel a connection, because we feel closer, and with an un basically with a non-professional seller, you may find that they will bring their price down, that they will open up the negotiation. They will throw in things if they have a connection. Maybe it's a guy that's a fellow father. Maybe you guys went to the same university. So you can do this with clothing. You can do this with accessories. Uh, like I talked about, you find someone that is a, is a fellow watch nerd and you guys are looking to connect. I've heard about, you know, just people in a sense being much more open, showing them inside deals because of the watch they were wearing. The next type of meeting, the support meeting. So examples of support meetings, this is religious services, funerals. This is where you're there to support others. It's all about the feeling of respect, comfort, and strength. So the thing I want to stress with a support meeting is it's not about you. It's about others. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. You, know, you do that by dressing appropriately. You don't look to dress high. You don't look to dress low. You just simply look to fit in. Your goal is to be there to support, especially at a funeral. Um, and you look around. You know, it's nothing if I've been to funerals in which I was the only person actually wearing a black suit. But it but it was my sister's funeral. And I, I didn't care what other people were wearing. I knew I was going to show respect to her. And this was, you know, we had done multiple services. This one was at a small town in Rio Dosa, New Mexico. And most, I don't think even the, most of the people there attending don't even own suits. It's a relatively kind of a poor area. But people showed up. They, they wore dark colors. They showed respect. And at this point, you know, I dressed there to support my mother, to support my family. You want to make sure that you dress in a manner, not, it's not about, you know, you being an individual at this point. It's about you being there to support those. Okay. So the next meeting type, let's go to casual. So this is like after work drinks, a company picnic, golfing with the boss. The goal here is to build relationships, oftentimes business, by getting to know each other outside of the business context. The trick and the issue here, especially if it's a business event, is that it's still business. It's not ultra casual where you're showing up to a beach party and you're going to, you know, be jumping in or throwing in your friends. Uh, so what you want to have is a feeling of approachability, openness, relaxation. What you don't want is sloppy. Understand that casual does not equal sloppy. Casual still means that you can look good, you can dress good, that you can come off as professional. So a lot of people, this is a dangerous area because what they do at the company party, from the way they behave perhaps to the way that they dress, really kind of puts them down a notch. And I did, I, you know, not I loved my time in the Marine Corps, but what was funny is in a casual setting, we were some of the worst dressers. And we had our uniform, which was one, always tuck in your shirt, always wear, if you, you know, it would wear a collared shirt, which meant a polo shirt. And we're oftentimes in hot areas. So you're wearing shorts and you're wearing, you know, running shoes with the shorts. That was our standard uniform. Uh, it was so funny because you'd be in Thailand, you would be in Singapore, and you could easily spot not only the, you know, all that, but also our grooming, our haircuts. You could easily spot military guys. And I always thought, you know, what's funny is like we're such a target. We're so easy to spot and to step out. But really that there's nothing stylish about that. And what's cool about casual is you can bring in your own unique style. You can start to say, you know what? 
I think that tropical weight wool trousers are going to look great on me. I can wear a pair of chinos. Just because it's hot does not mean you have to wear shorts. If you do wear shorts, maybe forego going with the cargo shorts. I mean, cargo shorts are fine if you're taking your kids to Disneyland and you're going to be carrying uh, clean diapers, uh, extra water, and all those other things that you've got to have. You know, I I have been to Disneyland with four kids. I, I know what it's like. But most situations, you could actually wear a nice pair of shorts that aren't too short, aren't too long, um, and actually have don't have any cargo pants on them and actually have a nice slim profile. Works well with you. If you're a bigger guy, probably want to avoid the shorts. One of the reasons is shorts just make you look bigger. Uh, they don't do a good job of working with your body type. You could bring in linens, especially during the hot weather. During the cooler months, you can bring in sweaters. So many different ways that you can have fun with casual. Remember, it's about being approachable, being open, being relaxed. The final meeting type I'm going to talk about is the formal meeting type. So this is weddings, bar of mitzvahs, quinceañeras, high school proms, Marine Corps birthday balls. This is about building relationships and honoring tradition. You do this and the feeling that we want to convey here is courtesy, respect for traditions and rules. This is where you do go with the flow. So if you're part of somebody's wedding and you own your own tuxedo and or you own a really nice suit and they want to wear tuxedos early in the day, it's 11 o'clock in the morning and then we're having the wedding and you want to, you know, protest saying, guys, it is way too early to wear a tuxedo. And in fact, we should just all wear dark suits. It's not your wedding. Understand, you know, it's, this is about setting the right mood, setting the right atmosphere. Now, if you're a guest, Go for it. You could even wear a lighter colored suit. But really, we want to set the ambiance. We want to set the feeling. There is something that happens at these events when everyone is dressed well. People behave differently. They act differently. They're, they're more festive. They're more excited. And show, show respect. Find out what the dress code is. If you've never been to a bar of mitzvah, then go ahead, do the research. Find out how are they dressing. If you've never been to a quinceanera, find out how people are dressing, how they're going to show respect and follow that formality. It's something that, especially with weddings, you you know, you can dress how you want. You may not own a suit and that's cool, but still dress with respect. Show these people on their special day that you're going to observe their customs, that they are worth you going out of your way for. All right, guys. So if you want more, Definitely go check out the show notes over at realmenrealstyle.com forward slash episode 80. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. I have a lot of fun with it. And if you're dressing for an interview, if you're dressing for a funeral, if you're dressing for a once in a lifetime event, like a wedding or a, you know, a high school prom, really, you know, have fun with this. I'm not going to say that, you know, everything I've talked about here is oftentimes about following the rules and about, you know, but it's also, you can find ways to bring in your individual style. You can do it subtly. You can do it maybe by buying higher quality, by making sure the fit is right. I knew people that would wear uniforms when we were in the Marine Corps and they looked great. How do you do that with a uniform when the guy over next to you looks like a complete, ah, well, I'm not going to say it here on the podcast. The point is, is they paid attention to the small details from the ironing and the pressing of the uniform to the fit, to the small details. That's going to make the difference. And that's how you can bring in your individual style, no matter what type of meeting it is. 
Thank you for listening to the Personal Image System Podcast. If you would like more information on men's style, business communication, and grooming, go check out realmenrealstyle.com. There, you're going to find my free eBooks and our premium courses to help you take action on the information that will improve your life. I'm Antonio Centeno, and until next time, stay stylish.